is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the amazing opportunity to hang out with Alec Benjamin over Zoom video. Alec was born in Phoenix, Arizona, lived a couple years in New York, then moved back to Phoenix and stayed there until he went to school in California and has been living in Southern California ever since. He didn't really get into music much or playing performing music until he was in high school. He talked about writing his first songs, eventually getting a development deal with a company, a record label out in the UK. So while still in high school, he was going back and forth from Phoenix to the UK, went to college at USC. The first year at USC, he signed to a major label. When he turned the record in, they ended up dropping him. He talked about that experience. We hear about how he would perform out in front of uh, different venues. If a big artist was coming to town, he would go play out in the parking lot and hand out his business card to people. We hear about the success he was having, you know, with Let Me Down Slowly and going into 2019, having the pandemic hit really as his career was really, really taking off. He also tells us a lot about his new record, which is called Uncommentary. He tells us about writing that record during the pandemic, the effect the pandemic has had on the album, the shows he's played thus far in support of the record, his recent success on TikTok with the song Devil Doesn't Bargain, and all about his upcoming tour as well. You can watch the interview with Alec Benjamin on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Alec Benjamin. Hey, Alec, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, my name is Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. And I'll talk to you about the new record and everything else. All right, sweet. Uh, how are you? I'm doing doing very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm um, I'm good. <laughs> Where else in the world are you? Um, I'm at home in Orange County. How about you? Oh, cool. Um, I'm actually in Nashville. I'm. Oh, but I'm really San Diego, so how fun. Oh, I love San Diego. I like Nashville too, but my favorite place is San Diego. I love uh I love it. I grew up um going to San Diego because when it would get too hot in Phoenix, we would drive to San Diego and hang out by the water and oh. it was always like the most exciting thing that we got to do all year. Crown um, Point? So, would you go to Crown Point? You know, I'm not familiar with Crown Point, but we would spend a lot of time in like Encinitas and oh, okay. like you're, you're a bit north. Like, yeah, and Carlsbad because I had a like a very close family friend who lives there. Um, but uh, maybe next time I go down there, I'll go to Crown no, Point. No, I, I was just curious because uh, I'm from obviously from San Diego. A lot of people mm. from from Arizona want to get super hot. They would come out uh, to San Diego and and right. stay in Crown Point because you could you were on the water and you could just park like an RV or something there and just hang right. and just be like on the sand. But you could do that up in Carlsbad and Sinaus as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have an RV, but I went to a camp for like a week or two in California um, or in San Diego. Uh, it was like a surf camp, and we oh, like uh, we all like. Well, we didn't get the RV because the owners of the camp stayed in it, but we slept in tents on the beach and it was very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love San Diego. That's cool. That is so cool. Yeah. We recently moved to Nashville about a year and a few months ago. So you, you uh, and, and half, uh, the other right. half of California. Dude, what's it's so crazy. I had no idea this whole like pilgrimage from California was coming here. It just blew my mind. Um, we like I would meet people and they're like, oh, you're like the five millionth person I've talked to that moved here. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well. Like, uh, but anyway, we we enjoy it here. But cool. So you were raised. I did. I did see you, you born in Arizona and then you left for a little bit of time and then you were raised mainly in Arizona. Mm, yeah. So I moved to New York for like three, four years when I was little, uh, and then we moved back to Phoenix and. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I spent most of my time in Arizona. Um, I definitely like there were things I liked about New York, but um, I think I'm more of a desert kind of kid. I love sure. going to New York, but the gray clouds like really they didn't do it for me yeah but then like the summers are pretty bad but i don't know but yeah so i spent most of my time there and then i moved to california when i was 18 uh, and i've been there since i've been here for 10 years wow okay uh well mm-hmm. getting into music when were you uh playing instrument or into music prior to moving from new york back to to arizona um i think like i like I think I was always like into music in a way, but I didn't really realize that I was, even though like looking back on it now, it seems pretty obvious to me that I was really um, passionate about music even before I was like conscious of it. Um, But I think that like I started learning to play an instrument when I was like 14 or 15. Uh, And then I like decided that it was something that I wanted to do professionally, like maybe my junior year in high school, senior year in high school. And then I kind of just sort of, yeah, from, from like the time I was like 17 on, it like became kind of like my identity, but there was definitely a period of time where it's like a gradual thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was Mm -hmm. it, uh, you said when you're around 17, you, that's Mm -hmm. when you decided you wanted to do this. Was there like a moment or were you writing songs prior to, to that age? Um, yeah, I think that, well, there was not like a specific moment, but I think that like ultimately the catalyst was, you know, I was turning 18 and I had to decide like what I wanted to pursue professionally. And I realized there wasn't anything else that I really wanted to do. I think the reason why I didn't want to do music at first when I was like 14 or 15, even though I was learning how to play guitar was because I didn't know that it was like a, that I could like actually seriously pursue a career in music. I remember like one of my teachers saying like, you know, they were talking about different students in the class and they were like, Oh, you know, maybe one day Alec will become a musician. I was like, that'll never happen. you know. <laughs> and so, but you know, then, then I found out that the alternative was, you know, doing a lot of school or maybe going to, you know, do a job that maybe I, I couldn't really find out anything else that I was like passionate about. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if there was like, again, like a specific moment, but I think it was more of like a, well, I think through process of elimination, I decided that it was like the only thing that was left over at the end of the day. So here I am. (laughs) Was guitar your first instrument? Um, my parents tried to get me to learn piano when I was like five or six, but I took like two lessons and I was over it. So yeah, it was, um, but I actually, um, I actually think my first instrument was the recorder and make oh, everybody learn. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that that's doesn't like really a count. third grade thing. I can't it's remember, prob- but yeah, probably the worst instrument ever invented. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. It's like that piece of plastic probably costs the school like a buck each. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. they're like, everybody's going to learn the recorder. <laughs> yeah. And they make you learn like hot cross buns and stuff. Oh but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like was worthwhile, but I remember they teach, they taught a whole, I can only imagine like if I were a teacher during like the recorder um, unit, I would just like take off school i just like wouldn't go <laughs> you're just like i'm sick again at the same time of dur- during the yeah, year <laughs> the only thing <laughs> worse than that is my sister tried to learn how to play violin when she was oh. like seven and that was quite possibly one of the worst sounds i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i could still remember it now and it, it it makes it it makes me it makes me scared she was very bad <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> it's like a violin is like a, one of the most beautiful instruments but it is For probably sure when played poorly could quite, quite possibly be worse than the recorder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. It's like a cat screaming or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's no good. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Were you all in chorus or anything or choir? No. Uh-uh. Wow. No, I didn't sing in front of people or anything like that. Like I didn't even know I could sing until like later in my life. Um, yeah, no, I mean like, I just like, I didn't really like, I don't know. I was, I, I, I sometimes even now I don't necessarily feel like music is 
ain't really my thing. Like, I think the thing about, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like music for me is like something that I learned because I, uh, it helped me communicate. But I think the thing that defines like who I am are like the ideas that I uh, choose to communicate through music. So um, the music is really secondary to like the message that I'm trying to convey through it. And I think ultimately, like, that's what makes me who I am. So it sounds like, yeah, like the lyrics are the more important piece as, as yeah, far as the message you're and, getting it through. And, not, and, 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 and just like, and not even the lyrics, it's like the sentiment that the lyric convey. Cause I think that like music just happens to be like the most effective medium for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it could have been something else if I was, you know, if I was exposed to other, you know, forms of art at an earlier age or, you know, found a way to get into them. Probably not. Cause I don't think I have like a really, a really uh, like a natural affinity for anything else. But I think as a result, you know, um, that's sort of like what led me down this path in music. But, you know, when I was younger, like I was never like, I was never like, a, like, like a, like a music sort of like a, like guitar, like a guitar kind of like, you know, you know, like well, you know the guitar freaks, so, you know, yeah. like, which is like not freaking like a, in like a, in, in a derogatory way, like the people who are just like, fuck, Oh, I shouldn't cuss. People who like no, you can cuss if you want, yeah, <laughs> unless you don't want to. But you can cuss. No, I mean I don't mind, but I don't know. If, I don't want to be rude. But no, like, no, um, you can cuss. You know, people who, like geek out over like music, and they're like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, um, I was not. That was not me. Um, but you know, I think I've like sort of like kind of like grown into that identity because as I learn more about music, the more I become passionate about like the music part itself. But I think for me, like. I, I, my initial goal was just like, okay, these are like the ideas I want to convey. And I knew what I kind of like, I knew what I wanted to like accomplish in my life, like from like a young age, but I didn't know like necessarily like what the path was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so sort of was just like, okay, well, this is the identity I've assumed um, to hopefully like achieve the goals that I have of eventually expressing myself. And so and then I had to kind of like learn all of the skills that I needed uh, in order to accurately uh, convey my message. That was makes it like sense. A, a therapeutic thing? Like, okay, like I have these feelings and I want to express them or it was like, I have these ideas that I want other people to attach I don't think to. it was a therapeutic thing. I think it was just like, a, I, I have no choice, like, but to express myself uh, for like, since I was young, like, I just, I can't shut, I can't shut up, you know? I mean, like if I see something and I feel a certain way, um, I just have to say it, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not very good at like keeping things to myself. Um, and uh, so, you know, I was like young when I was younger, I was like into, you know, like geopolitics and stuff. Like okay. when I was like in fifth and sixth grade and my friends were like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you know, <laughs> shut up. You know, and it's like, I mean, I didn't really know at the time. I still don't know, but I like to talk about it. Um, uh-huh. And so found that like doing it through music was like a more palatable way for me to express myself. And also it was, uh Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's how. No, that's how no, that makes it. sense yeah. for sure. Well, I think also too, like it's a. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I love that's, that. That's, that's what I found. Yeah, but and- it's not always like what I talk about in my music, but it, but a lot of the times it is. I mean, I also like say the other things that I'm feeling too, but like writing love songs and stuff is like something that like came way later for me because it's not like I enjoyed listening to love songs as a kid and like growing up, but it was not like something that was like, you know, like, like a preeminent in my life, like thinking about like, you know, like my broken heart and stuff. Like I I obviously think like those emotions are important and they're things that I talk about, but Mm -hmm. like there are other things that were more important to me Mm -hmm. and and continue to be. Um, Yeah. I mean, because yeah, not all your songs are obviously are all love songs or breakup songs or, or yeah. like ninety five percent of them are not. You know, like some right. of the, the you know the pop most popular ones happen to be, but um, yeah, I uh, yes, and 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 more 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 recently, I've sort of like become more comfortable with um, saying the things that were on my mind um, and trying, and I think I've like yeah, also too like. You know, a lot of the things that were happening in the world, especially over the last couple of years, were like so egregious that I just like mm-hmm. couldn't really ignore it anymore. And so I tried to approach it in a way that is not polarizing because I think ultimately, like, that is not the best way to uh, bring people together towards a common goal. Um, 
but uh, you know, if they are, then. Yeah, no, I okay. completely agree with you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot, like you said earlier, it's a lot easier to like digest something like that. If you aren't like shouting it at somebody or, you know, if it's more mm. the way you present it, people are going to, you know, respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll find oh. out. I guess. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. you ended up going to school at uh, USC, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I mean, for about a year. That's incredible. I mean, what a, that's a difficult Is school it? to get into, though. Right? Uh, yeah. What did you go for? Did you go for music? I went for music. Yeah. Okay. It was cool. Um, I think that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I have a very. Um, I have a very weird relationship with. Uh, with like education and stuff uh-huh. um so something against usc um but uh it just wasn't for me you know right. and yeah. i don't think it was for me like i don't think it was school was for me starting in like sixth grade yeah i mean yeah. it isn't for most people especially if you know what you want to do right or if you have an idea of what you want to do and then- even if you don't you know like i had an idea that i didn't want to be in debt you know <laughs> that was a great so idea like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah you're like well, let what me go I to do- school and then oh you know x thousands of dollars when i graduate yeah. what i want to do is like not go into debt uh and also i think that um yeah these this is these are one of the, one of the things that like for my whole life was like always troubling to me. It's always on my mind. It's just like, I can remember like up until fifth grade, I think I like somewhat enjoyed school. I kind of, or like I was like assuming the identity that my parents like wanted me to assume. And then sixth grade came and I hated so much. I just like couldn't, I just couldn't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. I only went to college because my mom and dad wanted me to, um, I definitely think there were, there were, there was a lot of benefits that I was able to like to glean like from school, but like a big fan of the, the 80, 20 rule or whatever, where it's like 20% of the effort gets you 80% of the benefit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so I think schools like to have it both ways too. They mm-hmm. like to say to you, like, it's about what you learn. And then right. they, and, and, but, but if, but if you decide like, okay, I've learned enough and they're like, but no, but it's also about a, a, a acquiring this piece of paper. It's right. like, well, is it, is it your, is it your, is it your monopoly over the, uh, the ability to credential people and get them jobs? Or is it the information you're teaching? Cause if it's the information you're teaching increasingly, you can just have access to it on the internet. So right, but right. granted there were a lot of intangibles, like a lot of things that I learned at school that I wouldn't have gotten somewhere else. I, I also was exposed to a lot of like new ideas to these other students that I met and my teachers and stuff. So mm-hmm. USC is a fine establishment. Sure. I don't, why I'm, oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. No, I, enjoyed no, it. I understand what you're saying though. I mean, it's like, Hey, you're, you can come to school, but yeah, it's about what you learn, but you also have to learn these math skills and this about history and these other things that maybe you have no, you know, desire to ever pursue something in that direction, but you're going to well, learn it and we're going to pay for it. Yeah. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough though, I think that like I found some of like my history classes and stuff like more interesting than I found the music classes just because like, give me more stuff to write about. Oh, true. That's a great point. Well, yeah. you ended up what getting uh, a deal before you finished school, right? Or pretty early yeah. on. I got signed like my freshman year. That's, um, a, that's huge. Well, I know it's it a wasn't, weird. Wasn't, I know it's it a weird me. situation, but <laughs> old looking you now, right? <laughs> well, well, hey, look. Hopefully, I. It's a marathon, you know. Hopefully, I sure. have many years to. Uh, to fuck this all up you know <laughs> yeah no you're killing it dude no but so you get a you get signed your freshman year did you have like tell me about how that even like kind of came about and that and and i'm curious to hear about the where you would play in front of the venues and stuff i think you did right like if people were coming mm-hmm. to town yeah well i i uh in high school i started writing songs and my parents uh were always very supportive of my music um mm-hmm you know, even though they encouraged me to pursue, uh, education as well, they were supportive of my, um, aspirations to be a singer songwriter. And, uh, you know, but also because I'm, I'm from Arizona and my, my parents are not like in the entertainment industry, they didn't really have sort of like the ability to facilitate, um, uh, my dream in that way. Like they didn't, I didn't have the connections and stuff. So, um, 
when I was in like middle and high school and stuff, I, or high school, because I didn't start playing music until then. I started like going on Wikipedia and finding, um, finding out who the songwriters were that collaborated on my favorite projects. Uh, and I started just reaching out to them via email, um, wow. sending them like my, my demos and just like, you know, I was sending messages to people on, on Facebook and I did like all of the weird sleuthing that you can do online, just, you know, sending, calling people and all that stuff. And uh, I, I ultimately got connected with a songwriter who was based in the UK. Um, and he actually signed me when I was like 17 or 16, um, just as like a, you know, sort of like a development kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he started bringing me to the UK um, from Arizona. And uh, ultimately, they're the ones that facilitated my first record deal when I got into college. Um, but wow. I started sort of like an apprenticeship writing songs when I was like 16, 17. Um, That's cool songwriter. to be able to travel across the, you know, to a different country to, to, yeah, to bro, play music. Me. Yeah, I mean, awesome. wow, that's so awesome. It's really cool. And, um, and uh, I learned a lot from that situation. And then, um, you know, I got that deal, um, which I think, you know, um, unfortunately didn't work out. Um, but, uh, I learned a lot from it and, uh, I was able to sort of like take the things that I learned. And like you said, I played in a bunch of parking lots and in front of other people's, uh, concerts and stuff. And, but I feel like, you know, I'm like, I had, and then, and then sort of like a lot of that stuff was like the topic of my first album or mixtape mm-hmm. or whatever it is yeah. and then i put out another and then i feel like i moved past that and then i played like i, I played like but, but i played a ton of shows i sold out a lot of tours which was really awesome and i finally got to play inside of the venues that i was playing outside of and then i had like a period in time where i felt like okay like i'm it's my time to tell a different story and then the pandemic hit you know and i and the album that i put out during the pandemic i feel like just why I couldn't promote it. I couldn't talk about it because of the circumstances. Um, and uh, so here I am to tell you I'm past the parking lot. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> no, I know. It's what a while. I mean, obviously the, the record did extremely well. And um, so having that happen, like you, you were kind of building all this momentum into the, and then the pandemic hits, right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, um, I remember you, you played, um, uh, a festival in San Diego. You played, Ka- yes, I played Kab- uh, yeah, Kaboo. Kaboo in Del Mar. Um, that was great. I re- yeah, I remember seeing you there. And I was oh, like, cool. I didn't know yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we meet? No, we didn't meet, but I watched you from 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 afar. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's a great festival. I don't even know if they're still going to do it anymore, but it was supposed oh, to move. Anyway, that's, that's isn't, a, isn't that beside a shame? the point. Yeah, that was cool, especially where it was set up with the, you see the water and everything. But yeah, that was that, that's where I right prior to that is where I first heard of you. And I mean, your career was mm. going, and then it wasn't month till a few months later. I mean, really, right. the pandemic hit. It wasn't right. long after that. I mean, right. so to have that happen, uh, like, what was it like? Tell me about that experience. Well, I must have been devastated. I was I was pretty depressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the experience yeah. no no <laughs> um, sure but uh, but i think like the rest of the world also like went through a lot of weird stuff and that's kind of ultimately what i ended up writing like this my latest album about a lot of a lot of those topics um and i wrote it during the during the sort of the last year or so of the pandemic and um you know what i'm still processing a lot of the stuff that happened and i think also like it's not done yet a lot of the a lot of the fallout from the pandemic itself and then sort of like the policy that, that, you know, came after, mm-hmm. um, we're not really done with a lot of the, um, a lot of the impacts, uh, oh, sure. that, that's going to have and is having and, you know, all of that stuff. So, uh, I can't really tell you how I feel about it cause it's not like over, you know, I'm just right. like looking at like everything that's going on with like the economy and stuff. And it's a very scary time. Um, but it gave me a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm kind of hoping that the things that I wrote about will resonate with people um, because the whole world was kind of dealing with the same stuff. No, for sure. I mean, well, you put a record out in May, 2020. Mm-hmm. So you, you, like you said, you didn't have a chance to really, yeah, I have a weird relationship go- with that album. Oh, I don't know if right? it's even, I don't know if it's any good or not, you know, because I put it out and I got like no feedback on it. 
Well, I mean, if you look online and <laughs> the shows that you're currently playing, I would imagine that there's some obvious. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I'm about to play them, so I'll let you know. But well, I, didn't I you play know. a few so far? Because yeah, I watched I a little tour some. video, right? You had like I've played some, but I feel like it didn't really connect in the way that I wanted it to. And maybe over time it will. But I think sometimes that's a cop out. If something I, doesn't perform as well as you want it to, you could blame it on time. <laughs> sure. Well, um, well, with 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 the new record, um, when did you start? Like, was there a point? Like, obviously, you're you're in the midst of a pandemic and everything else is going on. Was there a point when you decided, like, hey, like I should get some of these feelings out? I I need to just start writing songs. And do you remember when that started? Yeah, it was about six months after the lockdown started. Seven months, I started like writing songs, and I just felt like compelled to talk about some of the things that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have the intention of it like being an album or anything like that. I just sort of felt like, well, these are things I want to say. And so I'm going to write. And I didn't write in the way that I traditionally do, which is like, you know, I schedule the sessions out weeks in advance and I force myself to go to the studio and I force myself to brainstorm ideas and sort of have to prepare for it like it, it's a job which it is my job and, and that is how i how one should treat it i think but um this was sort of like like the most organic way i've ever made music i just sit down by myself in the morning for an hour or two and maybe i'd go for a bike ride before and then i'd sit down and write write songs just because i had something that i wanted to say and i would text a friend and be like hey i'm stuck on this park can you help me and i we facetime for 30 minutes and we write and nobody really set up the sessions for me. I kind of just hit up my friends and it felt like, I don't know. It just felt like, it just felt like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I think that uh, I'm starting to be, I'm starting to be the kind of person that like thinks that like the, your intuition is like, very important. Like mm-hmm. your, your body tells you what, what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to be and things feel right and wrong for a certain reason. And I just, this is like the most right, I guess, mm-hmm. making a record has felt. But, you know, that's also like I'm saying that in hindsight, like it might have might have been. I'm sure there were days that weren't, weren't easy. I don't know. But I'm happy now because it's doing well and that makes <laughs> me feel good. <laughs> sure. Do you feel like because there wasn't maybe the pressure of okay we did a record we're gonna tour we gotta come home we're gonna i have to do another record and kind of that cycle was everything was stopped right nobody really knew what was happening and just kind of having that time do you think that affected uh kind of how the songs were were coming out yeah well it also gave me the time to like yeah to like sit and think and not have to be like working on my music uh or or like touring and stuff like that you know because i think that uh a lot of the things that interested me that ultimately like became the topics of songs and, and things that like have become topics of songs for me were things that I thought about when I didn't have a ton of stuff going on, you know, and I like, it was able to accumulate those life experiences and then reflect on them. And I kind of ran out of life experience. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty good period of time for me to just sit back and experience life and reflect and try things and do stuff and, experiment a little bit in good and bad ways and, mm. and write about it. Was there a particular song on the album that you were like, uh, or, or a piece that you were like, I, I should, I, is this like difficult to say, or like a, a really vulnerable moment for you to, you're, you know, to, to get out. I talked a little smack about Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that, but, that is a hot topic, right? But it wasn't even like, I feel like I, you know, I didn't really even have to like, and I don't really have an opinion like on her policy or whatever, because like all that stuff is like, so, you know, it's that stuff is, is more, I like to learn about it and stuff, but a lot of those things are like very, this is not important to me. What was mm-hmm. important to me was the fact that she got a haircut <laughs> <laughs> and that, that upset me. And I feel like it, it upset a lot of people and not because it's a partisan issue, but because it's a human issue. Sure. We were all we were all supposed to make a sacrifice. Yeah. So. When you said that, I forgot that that was the reason why she got the hair. I was like, yeah, she did get a haircut. Oh yeah, but she got a haircut when no one yeah. else was allowed to get a haircut. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was wrong. It was right. wrong. Completely she agree didn't with apologize you. for it. She blamed everyone else, and it's wrong. I completely agree with you. And I, it was I wrong. Do. It was wrong when Ted Cruz went to Texas or went to went to Cancun. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. His There's whole some state, other big moments whole, that were, you his know, whole state, It was wrong when Gavin Newsom had dinner with everybody in 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 in, in Northern California. It's just wrong. And and it's not like you know it, you don't have to be like a Democrat or Republican to be like hell. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's, wrong, it was, we're all in this together until we're not, right? <laughs> I don't think we ever really were. You know, it's just we sure. were under the impression that we might be, and then you kind of find out that, you know, people love to. Like, I don't, I don't even like. You don't even have to sort of like before you can even get to the issue of whether or not you agree or disagree with like the policy. It's just like let's just at least be on the same page about we're just gonna do we're gonna follow our own rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Do as I not do as I say, or yeah, yeah. do as I say, not do as I do. <laughs> yeah. Type deal. Sure. Well, that's kind of what it was, but that that bothered me. But you know, at the same time, like I don't know what it's like to be them, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they have a difficult job. And so, you know, who am I to say? But these were things that were on my mind. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And but also, that- like. I feel like also too, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think those are things also too, as well, that like are very, um, those are things that, you know, issues that people can talk about that I think that, you know, can be, a can be a point of like, of, of, of unity, you know, like I think every American, every person, would be on the same page about that you know it's like just because you're on one side of the political aisle doesn't mean that the people who are implementing the policy that you believe in aren't 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 fallible and mm-hmm. it's okay to acknowledge those flaws and also that i think that um those are points and things that can bring people together because we can both go well you know, if you're a Democrat or Republican or a Libertarian or whatever, it's like we are all here stuck at home and would like a haircut. So we <laughs> right, can at least right. like we can we can we can bond over that. Sure, sure. And and we can we can we can ask for better from from our political leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, and I, we I, deserve better. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no one else is getting a haircut, and. But yeah, I guess if you're, if you're, if you're up here, you can <laughs> do mm-hmm. as you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wow. Um, uh, I was going to say with, uh, with this new record recording it, was that different? Like, did you do anything from your house? Like, did you have to put together a studio at your house or anything uh, like that? I just, I just record everything on, on my house, like on my, on my computers. Yeah. I mean, the recording process has become so like technology is so advanced that like you can just really kind of make a record anywhere and have it sound studio quality. So that was cool. Like just to be able to, well, it was interesting because I also would go to the studio mm-hmm. to record. Sorry. Excuse me. But I, um, I, I did it for my house, which was pleasant. Um, actually yeah. in the middle of the pandemic, um, my label was like, Hey, we're going to send everybody their own, home studio equipment which is awesome and then they set us up with the uh with engineers to uh, learn how to operate the stuff because i'm not like i don't know how to use recording software i mean like i know how to like i uh i can turn it on and open it and sure. do like the basic stuff but i didn't know how to do that until they they taught me and that was extremely helpful um so, so i did some of that stuff uh yeah um so it was a very different process for me but but I think it was good. I also like, I'd never done like collaboration via zoom before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it was surprisingly efficient. You enjoyed it. Cause I've heard the, I've heard the other side yes, of it too, where it's like, I, you know, maybe somebody you had never worked with. And it's just like, like me, I'm just showing up on your career. Like, Hey, let's write a song. Like, was it difficult to kind of open up to somebody that you didn't know? Um, I mostly work with people that I knew. Okay. And, and, I I didn't really have any patience for uh for not 
expressing myself fully in songwriting sessions. Like normally I'd be kind of shy or whatever, but this time mm-hmm. I was like, look, this is, this is what I want to do today. And like, I don't really have the bandwidth to do anything I'm not interested in doing. So like, I didn't say it like this, of course, you know, but I was <laughs> right. like, you know, this is, this is how I'd like to, these are the things that I'd like to talk about, you know, and that scared off some people and, and then didn't work. And some people were like fully embraced it. And those people I became really close friends with and wrote a lot of songs with. So I did a couple of random sessions and, and ultimately um, those became some of my most like uh, fruitful relationships in terms of songwriting. Um, and then others, you know, you just got in a, had the, you got a nice conversation with someone on zoom for a little bit. And the cool thing about zoom is that like, you know, a lot of times like there'll be like a rendezvous point, you know, that's set up like either halfway or like you go to someone's house or they drive to you or whatever to, to songwrite. And then uh, you kind of feel like even if it's not going well, you feel like an obligation to the other person because they've gone out of their way to be with you that day to make music. Mm-hmm. Um, and zoom takes that pressure off because you're both at your house. So yeah, you're definitely more you know, comfortable in the situation. Yeah. And I drive like an hour and a half to, to get to LA like every day. So, mm-hmm. uh, cause I live in orange County. So like, I didn't have like the, the added pressure of like traffic or anything. So I'd be like, Hey man, like, you know, maybe we pick up tomorrow. I'm going to, I would like to go for a bike ride, you know? Yeah. And that was nice. That is, I mean, for me, zoom has been great. Cause I personally have like social anxiety up the, you know, mm-hmm. up, the, up the ladder. And that's why I was always doing radio. Cause I could just be talking to myself in a room and I mm-hmm. got to be around the music and, you know, no, but it was like the in-person like inner, like, I love talking to people in person as far as interviews go, but like when it became this for me, uh, it was more of a comfort, like it felt more of like a comfort, like, Oh, I'm in my house. Mm. And like, and and I don't know if you had that same uh, feeling as far as like being in your own space to kind of make decisions like that. Like, ah, you know what? I think I'm going to go on a bike ride today. Like I don't have to drive. And then you're not expected like, okay, now I drove an hour I have to be here and everything's got to kind of work. Cause then I got to drive an hour plus home and I just wasted this person's time. I mean, I don't, I don't right. know. No, that's how I felt. I mean, I didn't I like all of those sort of expectations and fears are lifted, which is nice. Mm-hmm. There are, there, there are obviously limitations to, to being on zoom and stuff too. And there's sure. like a little bit of audio visual latency and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like things that you can do in the studio that you cannot do on zoom. But, um, I think also it was like a, it was like a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I am definitely more anxious when I, well, also too, like a lot, some of the songs on this album, you know, I always like to write by myself. Um, and a few of the songs in the record, I just wrote on my own. So, um, and that was, that was good. Cause I had more time at my house, you know, to just sit and reflect it. Whereas like I would have otherwise been driving around a lot and doing other things and maybe been on tour and mm-hmm. as a whole other layer of difficulty. <laughs> I'm sure. Wow. Um, on, you have a, a song that's doing really well on TikTok right now off the record. Mm. Devil doesn't yes. uh, bargain. Yeah. T- how, yes, sir. What, tell me about that. I wrote it by myself. Uh, Was that I one of the ones it, you wrote by yourself? Wow. Mm-hmm, and I took it to um, my friend Nolan, uh, my friend Aaron, and they uh, helped me finish it out and they produced it. And then my manager loved that song. I didn't really think anything of it. I was going to give it to someone else or not put it out. And he convinced me to put it on my album and I'm happy that I did. So uh, was that a video you threw up? Like how did the song start getting attraction there on TikTok? Uh, I just, I realized that like, you know, the current landscape of social media and, music and music marketing is what it is. And I've been trying to fight it for so long because TikTok is not something that comes natural to me. Mm-hmm. But then I also realized like I have to promote my record. Um, and so I just, I just kind of grabbing the bull by the horns and just doing it, like just posting. I'm not like doing things that are unnatural to me, you know, like, obviously like the whole like self-promotion thing is, is a bit like sort of uncomfortable and it's always been uncomfortable for me. But the prospect of like my record not being successful is, is even more uncomfortable. So um, I just have been promoting the shit out of it. And I don't care what people think because I got a record to promote and I want to keep making music. So mm-hmm. 
that's what I'm doing. I'm just posting and posting and posting. And then I think I just posted so much that like something just caught on, you know, and I'm sort of just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And if it doesn't work and it's embarrassing, I delete it and I move on, you know, yeah. like whatever. Uh-huh. That's it. That's my approach to TikTok. It's the shotgun approach. You know, it's just something will stick. Just throw a pan at the wall and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. But it's working. I mean, it, it's translating into people going, yes. yeah, and after, listening after to songs. I'm sufficiently embarrassing myself for two years on TikTok until something actually worked, you know, but it's working now. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's good. That's cool. That is cool. I mean, I, I see a lot of artists say it's hard for them to get somebody, like, if you get a song on TikTok that's doing something, well, you have a, a back catalog that's massive and people know you, but like to get people to leave the app to then go to, spotify to 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 listen to the song like mm. uh you know to, to get it to transfer into streams but the fact that that's working well for you as well i mean that's huge well i mean i'm not like also for me like i'm not sort of like i i, I write songs that's what i do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like people on tiktok you know sort of like i suppose this isn't like analogous exactly but you know when a label and people say to me like oh well you know you have you have music to promote like you should make TikToks. It's like saying to a TikToker, like, oh, like you're, you're, you're a dancer. Like you should make music to dance to. It's like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it's just not how it works. And it's like totally antithetical to what, to who I am as like a, an artist and a person. Cause like, it's not the kind of art that I make. However, like, I think one of the reasons why, well, it's very exciting to see how well the song, the, the posts about the songs are translating to streams. Um, mm-hmm. That makes me feel really good. Um, at the same time, I don't post about anything else and I won't, I'm not going to, you know, like the people at, at, at TikTok even or something's like, you should try other forms of content. I'm like, no, I won't. I'm not going to do that because like, that's not what I do. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like very transparent with my fans about it. I'm like, I'm promoting myself on here, you know? And then, then ultimately like I'll make some personality content here and there, but like, I'm not going to like engage like with the app, like in the traditional way, because like, that's not like I make music first, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that one of the reasons why it also translates to my songs is because I only post about my songs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to beat her on the bush. Like, I'm not going to try to make some like personality content, like, you know, under a ha- trending hashtag in hopes that you'll find me not knowing that I'm a musician and ultimately stumble upon my music. Like, honestly, fuck that. Right. No, I, <laughs> no, I love that you said that. I, I interviewed an artist uh, a few days ago. Um, who has a, a label signed who had been touring relentlessly for decades and and had a song that went viral on TikTok was doing like an ABBA cover or something and then getting a bunch of people like labels and managers like hey like hey you know do you write songs like we should we should ma-. and she's like uh, I've been doing like obviously you've done absolutely no research on my life or what I'm doing. It just happened that happened to be the one thing that did something on TikTok, but it had zero relevance to her, her career. I mean, there's always like you know, it's like if there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. It's like it's like you know, ultimately like sort of like I sort of start with the music and then I figure out try to figure out after that because the music for me is like I, I can't really compromise on it. I have to say what I want to say, and mm-hmm. so ultimately like. Once I've said it, then the sort of like the the gymnastics have to be done and sort of like back engineering the marketing. Um, some people start with the marketing plan first. They go, well, it has to work on TikTok. So let's make music that works on TikTok. And I make music and then I, you know, decide like whatever sort of is like the preeminent platform of the day. I then decide or try to figure out how I'm going to um, make it work on the platform. Because for me, like the music comes first. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just so anno- like not to be bitter about it because I get it. Like it is the current state of affairs and it's nobody's fault, but you know, like when they say like, Oh, like you make music, like you should totally like learn how to TikTok. It's like, you know, it's like when people are like, I'm like, Oh, you love TikTok. Like you should learn how to play piano. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, Oh, you play, you're on TikTok and you like want to like, you know, you like music too. And you're like, Oh, you should like learn an instrument. It's like, you know, what a ridiculous thing to say. (laughs) <laughs> no no for sure yeah. also maybe it's not because a lot of times like that's that's my that's my immediate reaction to something that scares me and oftentimes things scare me because i'm not good at them and i'm afraid to adapt and so my defense mechanism is to discount them completely and i have to look at myself in the mirror and go is this something that is I really don't want to do, or am I just afraid of it? And I think in some sense, I am afraid of it. So uh, you have to take like what I'm saying with a grain of salt because I'm biased. You know, my opinion is, uh, is, is completely influenced by emotion. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what I have to say about it doesn't really matter, but I've sort of like, I'm trying to find something that works for me and it will work for me until it doesn't. And then I'll have to try and find something else. You know, it's, it's, uh, but I can only be who I am. Right. I mean, I also have the same difficulty with trying to like self-promotion and like TikTok to me is just like, I feel just, it's not my comfort zone whatsoever. Like, did you have any of those like anxieties when you start, like when, like when your first song started doing really well, or, you know, you get like a television, you know, you have to play on TV. Like, are those things that came to you and you're like, Oh wow. Like this is a lot to, well, the, like the anxiety of, 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 of failure is far higher. Um, but like, you know, I sort of like tried to get as far as I possibly could without having to shamelessly self-promote and I didn't get very far. Um, and sort of like, you know, it feels like very antithetical to like the person that I am to like, be like the guy who's like, yo, you should listen to my, you should listen to my shit. Like, right. Good. Check like, me. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. also, cause like, you know, like a, a lot of, a lot of the themes in my music are me trying to figure out who I am and, and where I exist and sort of like the world and like where, where my place is in the world. And so for me to sort of like, you know, it's, it's just, it just, it does feel very unnatural, but um, then like, you know, through the process of failure and also like having people in my life who told me to grow up and, and, and then also having the added pressure of like having to, uh, figure out how to do this um, in a way that's like financially sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, you realize that it's something ultimately that you have to do. Also, like you know, if you don't like you know that whole idea, like build it and they will come. Is, yeah, uh, is, I always is, say that is, to is, my son. <laughs> like it's just, it's just, but it's not like it is true because, but it's not true. Right. You have to build, build it, advertise it, and they will come. But if you build it and they don't know that it's there like then no one's gonna come it's not gonna come you know what i mean right, like right you gotta like you someone has to there has to be like for example like you know try to think of like you know it's like a you don't often oftentimes like a similar word is used to describe like two um separate phenomena but like that are all like related in some way so like they like obviously there's the covid virus you know mm -hmm. and then there's like the virality of a song but in a way that type of virality is similar because they're catchy, you know? And, um, and, but ultimately someone has to catch it, you know? And uh, if you get, you know, if, if it's got to start somewhere, you know, so like you gotta, right. gotta go out there and you somebody's got to catch it to, to yeah. get the, the momentum behind that's it. That's what right? I say to like, when I was saying to my, like to, to people that I like, you know, I work with and stuff. I'm like, what's our super spreader event, you know? And it just so happens that TikTok is our super spreader event for my song. Sure. Well, it is. We're I mean, avoiding super spreader events for the COVID virus. We've been very careful. Um, we're following all the protocols and, and all of that. So not to be taken out of context because I would never want to be responsible for infecting no. people with the virus. But, but I would love to be responsible for infecting people with the virality that is uh, and commentary. Song. Yeah, and commentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. Cause it is, it's, it takes somebody to then share it with somebody to some, to have it eventually do what it's going to do. If you put it out and nobody cares then you built it, but nobody came. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there's a really powerful song on your record. The last song. I mean, that mm. storyline itself is like, how, tell me about coming up with that. Well, I just was driving to a session one day and I was trying to come up with the song idea. This is like at the end of COVID. It was the last song that I wrote for the album. I wasn't even anticipating really writing, but I just decided that I wanted to. And I was going to my friend's house and um, I was like looking at my phone, trying to write while I was driving, which is stupid. And then I realized like, oh, I could kill myself by doing this or worse, kill somebody else or kill both of us. Mm -hmm. um, God forbid. And uh, then I realized like, you know, one wrong turn can, can, can ruin everything. And that became the theme of the song. And, uh, when I got to the studio, I had already written like a lot of it in my head. And then I decided that I wanted to tell the, tell the, you know, convey the idea through stories and that's how it happened. But there's a twist then and I don't want to give it away. So. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you're going to tell it. Yeah. What a twist it is. It's, mm. I was like, damn, this is, <laughs> this is like, this should be a it's movie. A it's a true story. <laughs> oh, it's really? 
Oh, no, wow. Just kidding. No, I was going <laughs> to say, damn. <laughs> you had me. It was like a Dateline episode or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm uh, real quick on some of your past stuff that you put out. Like, you, you have a couple of songs that you did in Mandarin. Do you, do you speak Mandarin or how did, how did that even I come do. about? Uh, oh, wow. It's like, okay, but it's not great. But I learned it when I was in like middle and high school. And I always wanted to, like I said, like one of the things that in my life that I have a passion for is just like, to communicate and so you know in the same way that music is a so people always like music is a language you know it's like <laughs> it is it is not in like the it is it is it is but it's so like such a cliche but um i wanted to learn chinese because i felt like it was a very awesome language to learn that would ultimately help me communicate with people that I would not otherwise have the opportunity to communicate with. And as I've grown up, I've sort of like learned different skills and hobbies and acquired different passions and stuff. And then I just like, you know, when it came time to figure out how I was going to make it all work, I tried to combine them. So that's it. Is it something you still uh, uh, practice today? Like, do you, are you? Look- well, not, not, not like actively because I don't really have anybody in my life that like is, is, fluent mandarin so um when i when i travel and stuff if there's opportunities for me to use my language um in a setting that doesn't feel like too intimidating then mm-hmm. i'm uh i'm i'm inclined to to, to to practice but that's cool it's not not often um there's nothing like there's something like being like fully immersed in a culture that helps you learn a language and and i don't have the uh the opportunity to, to do that currently sure no yeah i just thought it was so cool and then i listened to the songs and it's you said music is a language but not really but you listen to the song and it it doesn't matter if i can understand what you're saying or not you could tell it's a great song oh well thanks yeah i mean you know it's a language it's not necessarily like super precise but right right when, when when combined when music and like language and like the traditional sense like you know written language or like you know yeah like you know english or whatever is combined mm-hmm. with music um it uh it's it's actually far more precise than like either one on its own mm-hmm. no i, I do, when you when you released those did you see like were did people that are native speakers of mandarin were they reaching out to you at all and saying like hey like that's so awesome that you decided to do this or well Yes. Oh. <laughs> said it, but they said it in Chinese. <laughs> oh, and then were you, did you, could you respond to them? I immediately went on Google Translate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really cool to see the reception. It did, it did really, um, it did really well um, in, in, in countries that, that speak Mandarin um, and, uh, you know, like, china <laughs> and that was cool really well in china okay yeah <laughs> no that's rad oh very cool um and then you have a tour coming up where you played some dates supporting the record so far uh like the past couple months i think right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you put i'm out leaving s- for oh sorry no i was just gonna say because i i was watching your t- the tour videos you did they're mm. they're really cool uh you're talking Thanks. about the coke can you're like this coke can can hold so much yeah. weight and then your buddy's like trying to stand <laughs> on it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, those cool. That's content. not true, but apparently they can. Like, if they are actually like not uncompromised, like they actually can hold like a pretty serious amount of weight. But but they you just can't made hold, up the number. They, they couldn't hold. They couldn't yeah. hold ten thousand pounds. Or yeah, that's not. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I'll say anything for a laugh when I get really bored on tour. Um. No, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, tour was great, and we, I'm leaving for Europe in about ten days, and it's gonna be really fun. And yeah, I'm hoping that I can go and you know put some smiles on some people's faces, and because it's gonna make what a weird. Thing. I'm hoping that I'm gonna go and you know put some smiles. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be smiling. I'm gonna put a smile on my own face. I'm excited to go and play, you know, and and it's nice to interact with people and see people happy. So I can't yeah. wait. And you're playing with uh, Winona Oak, I think, on that tour, right? Or some of those dates. She's great. I've had her on my on this podcast twice oh, before. You know, her and I have yet to meet, so really? that's good to she's, hear. 
she's from such a cool little uh, uh, part. I think she's from Sweden, but she's from like this island that's kind of in the Ooh. middle that it, it's just, it's kind of like the, the story behind her new record, but it's this beautiful place that had like really like a couple hundred people like living on it. It was just fascinating. Mm. But her okay, music's well. amazing. Amazing. So I, mean, I know when you meet her, you're going to be like, she's, she's awesome. So I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then you're doing a, a tour through the states and Canada as well. I know you're coming here playing the Ryman in Nashville. I'm excited for yeah. that show. Yeah, me too. I, that's like a, one of my bucket list venues. So uh, the Ryman is is uh, is it's legendary. So oh yeah. I, feel, I mean, like the the artists that have that have been on that stage are, um, I mean, the, like some of the greatest artists of all time. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that I have the opportunity to. Um, you know, even stand on that stage, you know, uh, I just, I'm excited. You, know, you, you, where did you play last time you were here? You, you, uh, did you play Opry? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember what it's uh, called. Yeah. I but it's like you... a large room. It's just sort of like a banquet room. Um, yeah, it okay. wasn't a theater. It was more of like a, I can't remember. I know you yeah. sold it out, which is awesome. And, um, um well, you know, thanks. so rad well thank you so much Alex, for doing this man this has been so much fun i appreciate your time yeah sorry for the the brief intermission uh, no no need to apologize i appreciate you just doing this in general yeah Um, happy to do it uh one more question quick question if you have any advice for aspiring artists um you know it's hard for me to give advice to people because i'm like really still figuring things out myself um What's advice I would give somebody? I'm trying to think. Um, I want to, I was going to like, I want to give like a funny answer, but I actually want to see if there's like something that like, because the only thing that's popping into my head is like something that's like, would be a joke, but I want to give me a second. Maybe there's something that will pop into my head that that is serious that might be of value to somebody who is oh well hmm i don't know i don't really have any advice i i wish i did um it would have you'd have to be more specific advice on what uh, was there something that you learned along the way that you could pass on to somebody that was like, how did, how do I keep doing this? Like, how did, was there a, you know, how did you continue going on when you felt like, or even something like after your record deal falling out, like, how do you, like, was there something that kept you going? Like, how did you keep going forward? Well, this isn't necessarily a piece of advice, but something that I've, that I've learned at least from me, is um there's this expression it's like well i don't even know if this is the expression but it's it's better to fall on your own sword um so like it's better to make your own mistakes um than you know for example like if you've ever sort of like made a decision in your life where you kind of have a gut instinct that you're being pushed in the wrong direction, but you go in that direction for a period of time to appease others because you think it will be easier or because you're doubting yourself. And, you know, if they're right, great, you know, whatever. But um, even then it's, you know, better to have your own successes, I feel. But um, failing when you knew that you should have gone the other way is more painful than going the wrong way and and just living with your own mistake you know like if you if you make if you if you go down a certain path because it feels right and it ultimately ends up being a dead end like that's something i can live with you know because i did it on my own accord but when i compromise and i i i i i fail uh because i don't listen to myself i listen to someone else it's, it's always way more painful. So no, that's, that's um, great. That's advice. not necessarily a piece of advice, but you know, maybe like sort of a more cautionary sort of like, you know, if you're in a similar situation that, that hearing that might, might help you in, you know, 
And it may also not. Who knows? No, I think that's great advice. I appreciate and maybe, it. And maybe, maybe your gut instinct says to listen to others, you know, and then, but, you know, so, you know yeah. <laughs> follow your gut. <laughs> there have been times in my life where I'm like, I know, I don't know, but like something's like, don't, don't do this. But and I'm like, oh, but they're all telling me to, okay. And, and then inevitably, like, not inevitably, but there are situations in which they're wrong. And it's like, I should have just dealt with the, 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 the discomfort of, of having to disagree with them and go my own way. 